Welcome to the My Rules Are Better podcast. I'm Tom Barbele. Today I had a minor victory. Well, really, over the past few days, I've had a minor victory in terms of my podcasting room being open and ready for business. But unfortunately, we're having a house guest. My wife's sister is going to be coming for a week, and the podcasting room became the dumping room once again. So, unfortunately, the podcasting room is now filled with stuff from another room, until that other room is going to be activated with my sister-in-law, and then I'll be back to podcasting in my podcasting room and maybe even recording some videos. I have been thinking very strongly about documenting the miniature collection. This is the painted miniatures as opposed to the lead pile. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later in this recording. But I wanted to talk a little bit about how I got the podcasting room back, how I reclaimed the podcasting room. A large portion of that has been sending boxes of donations to people. I've sent quite a few boxes of donations to Listener Colonocytes Bowen, maybe three or four, I think. And also my painter in Hull, Rochi Rochford, has received at least two reasonable-sized boxes of donations. There is a box going to Germany currently. I think it's still in transit. It's in New Jersey, or it's been in New Jersey kind of holding, which means it's probably on a plane to Germany. And I haven't sent anything up to Canada. My hope was potentially one of my two Canadian participants, active participants, would be in contact and I would just send them some stuff from that. But I've had a bit of radio silence from them recently, and I know in the case of Chris Everett in particular, he's been working through some some things, so his radio silence is more understandable. I acquired, through the week, the Red Box Set D&D Basic Edition, which is an item from my childhood. I did have, I have it somewhere in terms of the rule book, but when I repurchased it, the original, long gone, probably destroyed somewhere in Australia. Yeah, part of probably, I don't even know whether I gave it to my, you know, girlfriend's brother or age 17 or whether it was just in something that got lost. And, you know, there was a large amount of stuff that was explicitly lost when it was stored with my mother. So not really clear what happened to my original version. I bought a, just a booklet set maybe 10 years ago. They were distinctly earlier than the ones that I owned. The ones I have now are perhaps a few years after the ones I owned. There are a few corrections and things, but it might be an interesting video walkthrough to actually go through the original basic box set of D&D, talk a little bit about the emotions. I was thinking about doing this with regards to the Dragon Warriors rules as well, because these were also early, somewhat central rules. And of course, the AD&D rules played a part too, but I think the box set, I can't remember, was either Christmas or birthday for when I was about seven. And that was really a seminal couple of books in my thinking about, you know, gaming in general. It was interesting when I got the, when I bought them, must have been yeah, probably around 10 years ago, more, yeah, in that kind of time frame. I was working with a fellow in Las Vegas where I was living at the time, and he said, oh, easy. You play a, what is it, a fighter dwarf with an axe and you win every time. I was like, okay, clearly you're not someone who I should be talking to about this stuff. Very, um, very curious interaction. In fact, it was funny because another one of my co-workers had actually been, this is the nature of like Las Vegas with nerds, that there's only a small nerd community in Vegas. One of my co-workers had also played with him in the early to mid-80s and talked about how it was just a really horrible experience in his life gaming. <laughs> talked about the dwarf stuff. Anyway, so yes, uh, my view is that this is a, a rule set that's worth thumbing through just for historical reverence. So my hope is to get a video out about that. 
at some stage. The main thing with the lead pile was, with, in the case of Connorsite's bow, and he's doing some 28 millimeter, like, I don't know, he's creating shipping crate, shipping container games. And I thought some of the fighters were, I don't know, Second World War Hungarians or something. Most of them were Indian Wars or some were, I think, even English Civil War, potentially. So a wide variety of figures that Connor acquired very rapidly in large boxes full of lead. So I haven't actually heard back from Connor Sidespine, so maybe we're no longer friends. <laughs> these parcels. I'm starting to wonder what will happen when uh, the parcel reaches Germany as well. I originally had um, 12 zombies neatly wrapped for the parcel for Germany. And I couldn't find the 12 zombies on the day, so I just grabbed the big, <laughs> big bag of unclean zombies and threw that in there. It was very much a kind of just, let's get this stuff out. It was funny, actually, I was talking to my co-worker who moved to out of state. So basically we had three participants in the game at work who've all moved away. And the guy who moved to Washington State, I was talking with in the week, and he said, oh, we should still do something over video or something like that. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And we also talked about the... Uh, tabletop simulator as being another way of handling these things so the podcasting room will be open for business after i've cleaned out post sister-in-law's visit and yes my aim is to do some videos i have some bocage and various other stuff for 15 millimeter coming over and that might actually be the first thing that i actually put out there or going through the figure cases whatever comes through that i think going through the figure cases is an important pieces of catharsis on model rail radio we had a call recently that talked about these deceased estate problems but when people pass away in the model railroading hobby in particular they tend to have way more stuff than even war gamers so i think the the thought is that you need to create like written not necessarily even written instructions but just create some written legacy associated with the stuff so at least when it's sold on or thrown out or whatever you have your writing tucked in there somewhere that can be passed on to someone at some stage in model railroading there's a big history of people acquiring like deceased layouts there's a fellow who was very prominent in all the publications called john armstrong when he died they cut his layout up into i think 10 or more different pieces and it went to different people's places i've actually been to a, a layout in uh, washington dc where or just outside washington dc that has a substantial portion of this gentleman's layout in it, plus three other deceased gentleman's layouts. So, yeah, within model railroading, there is a bit of a history. I don't know what the history is with wargaming. I have some deceased estate items, which I picked up really cheaply on eBay, and they are some of them have already been painted. Some of them are heading to Hull with, uh, with Rochi. Yeah, that is an interesting process in and of itself, and I do treat deceased estate figures as I paint strip them <laughs> to other painters with the same degree of reverence just in terms of like it being a collection i bought a oh what is it some greenskins first edition citadel slaughter base goblins primarily and got them all kind of stripped and cleaned off and i have a a couple of armies like that actually i've got squats of which i have way more squats than i ever needed which are space dwarves and also ironically a dwarf army that i saw on ebay unpainted and just languishing just picked it up I don't know how much I paid for that, maybe $200, and then sent it onto a painter to actually have it properly painted so it could finally feel its, its, you know, its final state, so to speak. Anyway, so the aim is to get video out in the foreseeable future and to restart this rules writing 
and you know work and a bunch of other factors are just conspiring against this obviously the sister-in-law coming to stay we remain on lockdown pretty heavily here as well so i saw uh, winter's seo do his first battle report since february out in the garden this morning i didn't watch all of it but i just caught a bit of it i thought this is an interesting direction that there are certainly parts of this world that are opening up again people are interacting as normal but certainly here and two out of three of the folks that left the work gaming group of people that are moving away because of the current situation so yeah the current situation has kind of robbed me of my <laughs> even occasional gaming group so anyway putting it out there no doubt when these parcels arrive with various people i'll be getting various bits of feedback and my hope is that i might have a few more parcels in me but the podcasting room at least is back to a level of civilization which i don't think honestly it's seen certainly since the attic came down in february so thankfully moving in the right direction with that thing and yeah more updates to follow tom barbley in the san francisco bay area signing out